0: There's a lot of women in the Bible like Phoebe, okay? We've heard about Phoebe. I don't know if you've heard about you know, Phoebe in the Bible. Phoebe actually led a network of, of churches in the early church. And she is the only person um, that's referred to by the name of a deacon in the Bible. All this is my research that I did for my book. Um, and a lot of people believe this. They believe that Phoebe was the courier for Paul. So when he wrote the letter to the Romans, Many people believe Phoebe delivered that letter to the Romans, and what they did back then is when you were a courier, if you delivered the letter, you actually read the letter to the church, and then you answered questions.
1: You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch.
2: Hello, Altered Story Show listeners. This is your Chief Storyteller host, Michelle Saunders Gutch. And some of you know me by Michelle Gutch. And welcome to episode 85, Karen's What No One Ever Told Me, Eight Things I Discovered About Women and Leadership, God's Story. Wow. That is profound. Thank you, friends, for listening to my show that shares Christian women's God stories around the world. And friends, I hope all is well. Can you believe it, friends? July is almost over. And I have to say, it has been one heck of a month. But I am enjoying our recent cooler temps. And we've had a little rain here in KC which has been so nice. And friends, I also wanted to ask you as listeners who enjoy listening to the God stories on my show that you consider leaving a review on our website on an episode page. If you do, you will get a shout out on my podcast. And if you're a listener who makes a monthly recurring donation to our ministry, you will also be given one of our really cool Tell your Story" T-shirts, and will be considered to be a future guest on the show. And friends, I also wanted to share something very exciting. I'm going to be bringing back a few former guests to share on the show and update to their God story. So stay tuned for more details about this bonus episode. Now, enough of me, friends, and everything I'm sharing. It's time to get this show started. And I am so excited to bring to the mic a very, very special Kingdom Rock star guest and lovely friend of mine from the KC area, Karen Blankenship. And friends, there's so much to Karen. I I mean, there's a lot here. I'm going to go through some of the highlights and let her share more if she so chooses. But she is an author of three books, a speaker, a teacher. She's been involved in education, both nationally and internationally for over 45 years. She has served her community as a volunteer and an elected city official. She's a founder of KB Speaks and travels throughout the U.S., speaking and encouraging women to live an inspired life. Now, isn't that amazing, friends? She's also a wife to Dan, has been married for 43 years, has three wonderful kids, a daughter-in-law, sister-in-law, and, excuse me, daughter-in-law, son-in-law. I'm sure she has sister-in-laws. And has four perfect grandchildren. Hey, man, I know that. I have one. And yeah, she's all perfect. So I get it. Karen and her husband co-founded a ministry called Fileman International that provided hospitality for missionaries in their, wow, this is so cool, 125-year-old Victorian home for over 20 years. Wow. She also serves as Saturate KC Network's director for the Sending Project, which I've been somewhat affiliated with, which is a mission organization And KC, and she's a regional speaker for Stonecroft Ministries and serves in her church as the Next Steps Director. So my goodness, I don't know how this woman has the energy she does, but she does.
0: And so welcome, Karen. How are you doing I'm doing very well, Michelle. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So, Karen, as you know, I love sharing
2: Christian women's transformational God stories. And today you will be sharing your God story. Before you share your story, I would love to hear from you why you think we need to share our God stories.
0: Well, I think it's because people remember stories, you know, when we think about in the Bible, I mean, we remember the stories in the Bible, right? And so for whatever reason, I believe it's just our human nature. We remember stories. And that's why I feel like we need to share our stories because... Uh, God says, you know, he wants us to remember, he wants us to share what, to share what he's done in our lives. And so to share a God story is to just let everybody know what God did in your life. I feel like, you know, not only do we share them because they help us to remember, but also for me personally, I tell people this, that when, um, when I'm, when, when I want to share Jesus with somebody. You know, sometimes you're nervous and you're like, oh, I don't know if I've got the right verses or if I can defend my faith. But I always say, you know what? If I tell them my God story, they can't argue with it. It's my experience. And so it's one way that I can share my testimony by sharing my story. And then um, I also think the third thing I think is that we all have different stories but some of them cross over. So like, I can't necessarily maybe understand your entire story because I've not been there, but there is someone out there that you can share your story with who's been through what you've been through. And that just allows us, there's just a connection together when you've got somebody who kind of has the same story as you do. And so I think it's just great that we can, we can connect and share our stories and help each other. And, I, and too, like, you know, maybe in my story, I was having a struggle. Well, if I share that with somebody else, who's had the same, who has a story, but they've had the same struggle as I have. They can share with me. Here's what I did. Here's how I made it through. Here's how God helped me make it through. So I think all those reasons are why stories are important. And I am a storyteller. Every time I go speak, I am a storyteller because I love stories. Yes. And you were such a blessing to me. I love that. Thanks for
2: sharing, Karen, because you were truly a blessing. When I Um, just was forming Altered Stories Ministry. And, you know, God never really opened the doors completely until I got my story down and started to write it and started to share. I mean, I shared it with a counselor and all those things, but I needed to get into a place of where I could tell it and, you know, share to be a blessing to others. And that way then I could relate to what the ministry was all about, you know, and I did relate in other ways, but it it just was a blessing to have your feedback. And, you know, Cheryl uh, Horn, who was formerly Cheryl Davis was uh, the woman who introduced us at that time. She was at Stonecroft. So it was just so cool. You know, I just really resonated with you because of your love there. So it's exciting. So Karen, you know, now it's the time that you're going to be able to share with us um, about your God story. And so, Karen, when did your, what no one ever told me, eight things I discovered about women in leadership God story begin?
0: Well, I think it really began when I was a little girl. My mom used to always tell me that I was gonna be a leader someday. And I I was the oldest and I had two younger brothers And I felt like that I was leading them around and they say that I was bossing them around, but I think I was leading them around. They would be two and three years old and they would sit down. I would make them sit down and listen to me try to teach. My love for teaching started way back when I was a little girl. Um, And my mom said that someday she knew that I would be a leader. So as I went and started to go through school, through junior high and high school, I was in, you know, I was on debate team and just found myself in all these different leadership positions. Well, I actually accepted Jesus as my savior when I was six years old. So I grew up in the church and what I learned was, um, in the church, I really like, I couldn't do much leading, but there were things I could do. I mean, I could, you know, I could direct the children's choir and I could teach the children. I played the piano for 20 years for my church, but there were just certain roles that women could never do in the church, certain leadership roles. And, um, so, you know, I, I, when you, when I came back from a mission trip, I could get up and give my testimony then, but otherwise I really couldn't speak in front of the church. And so I soon realized that if I really wanted to lead and I love to lead that I probably would have to go outside my church to do that. So as, so I, I did that. I ended up, um, I ran for, um, my local city council. I was involved in, in local government for about 10 years and I loved it. It was awesome. Um, and then, um, I, I met a pastor, and we started helping um, plant a church. And the pastor asked me one day if I would be willing to be the children's ministry director. And I said, Well, I can, I, I don't know if I can do that. And I was a teacher. And he said, Well, why can't you? And I said, Well, because, um, you know, I'm I'm a woman, and I, I can't, I can't have that role. And so he challenged me. He said, Well, you know what, I would just challenge you to just check it out. I challenged to go and do some research on women in the Bible and just see what you can discover. So I began this two year journey of studying the women of the Bible, lots of women, and, and there were so many that I had never heard of in the Bible. And I didn't really know what they did. I mean, I knew the famous women like Deborah and Esther and you know Mary, but there were so many that I didn't know about. And so my research led me to write this book because I just wanted to, I wanted to let people know um, what I had learned. I wanted to share that with others about women and how they how there were a lot of women in the church, how Jesus loved women, and there were women who traveled with Jesus. And uh, also in Christian history too, there's so many wonderful women that I learned about in Christian his, his, history. So I was amazed. So anyway, so that's that's the title. What I had never, you know, what I, what I discovered, no one ever told me about some of these women. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I thank you for writing that book
2: and doing that research because, you know, I think... Um, I I myself personally um, have leadership gifts and they were exhibited from the time I was five. And, you know, I never really knew how to channel them in the church. You know what I mean? I mean, of course, I had, you know, a very bad experience with Christians and Christianity that really turned me off. And the church was something I never really wanted to be involved in because I made that kind of analogy. But then God brought me through that and showed me the healthy side of Christianity and the healthy side of Christians, and brought me to an incredibly healthy church in Highlands Ranch, Colorado, Cherry Hills Community Church. And I was being able to, I was able to heal through all of my past, and I wasn't quite sure how women would be received, especially single women in the church, too. And um, I noticed that. There weren't a lot of women in leadership outside of women's ministry and then in the Bible study leading specifically, but not really any pastors or, you know, really outside of, like you said, children's ministry or roles that, you know, were traditional for women to be in. Now, my church here in Leawood, um, we have a woman that is a pastor Her name is Dawn um, and she's a family's ministries pastor. And so, you know, I I know that things can be different depending on what church denomination or what church you belong to. And so I would just kind of love to hear from you. Like, did you see that these women that weren't the more well-known, were they what kind of roles were they in? Do you mind sharing that as you did your research in the Bible?
0: No, absolutely. Um, well, you know, I never knew. I never knew this, but um, okay, you know that Moses' sister Miriam. Well, in the Bible, actually, it says it says that his sister Miriam was also a leader. The three leaders were Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. And I never thought Miriam was a leader. Uh, there was another one, Huldah. Huldah was a prophetess. She was a, a woman leader who actually, um, she was respected by even kings and she was actually a prophetess. She's, um, and so, you know, for me, I think that the turning point as I was doing this research, the turning point for me was, can I serve as a leader in the church, as a leader in ministry? Because I didn't want to do it if, if it wasn't the right thing for me to do. And so, When I finally turned that corner and realized, you know, there's a a lot of women in the Bible like Phoebe, okay? We've heard about Phoebe. I don't know if you've heard about, you know, Phoebe in the Bible. Phoebe actually led a network of, of churches in the early church, and she is the only person Um, that's referred to by the name of a deacon in the Bible. All this is my research that I did for my book. Um, And a lot of people believe this. They believe that Phoebe was the courier for Paul. So when he wrote the letter to the Romans, many people believe Phoebe delivered that letter to the Romans. And what they did back then is when you were a courier, if you delivered the letter, you actually read the letter to the church. And then you answered questions. Never knew that one. This is powerful, yeah. So many, so very many um, women like that. Um, I, um, you know, and then and then that group of women who followed Jesus everywhere. I mean, you know, when they talk about the twelve and the women, I mean, I just never realized those women were really women who traveled with Jesus and the apostles. And now as I go back and read, it's like, oh my goodness, a lot of the women supported Jesus. And, you know, Jesus was so, it was so countercultural back then, as we know, you know, just even the fact that he talked to the Samaritan woman and he just, he did things that brought value to women while he lived here in a culture and a society that really devalued women. And I just never realized all that. Um, You know, another thing I discovered too (laughs) is not only not only women in the Bible, but also in history. Like a lot of the mission organizations, like the mission societies that were started, they were started by women, and they were started by women because women couldn't minister here in the states. They had to go across the way, and it's it's this is something that just always um, just you know I kept ringing in my mind, and that was you know. There's a certain philosophy that says, you know, women can't teach in front of men. They can't speak in front of men, okay, in a church setting. But, you know, if if your husband gets martyred and you come back, think of all the women that Elizabeth Elliott's a perfect example. She spoke to men and women everywhere around the world, but she couldn't do it until her husband passed away. It just, it just seems so confusing to me. And so, what I learned, what I learned was that um, there are two viewpoints of women. There's egalitarian and complementarian, and each one of those views, um, I like to say, they're you know it, they're they're people's views. And so, we're all on the same team. Those of us who love Jesus, it's not like one's totally right and one's totally wrong. I believe we have to search the scriptures for ourselves and come up with what we believe God is saying to us. And so, my my. My path turned when after I did that research, and I'll just say too, I had, um, I had my husband, I had some godly men read the book before I even put it out there, because I wanted to get their opinion, and I just laid out the facts, and um, and just and, and let people decide. That's what I want to do. It's not like I, I don't want to say one way or the other. I just want to lay out the facts for people. And so for me, the turning point was that it's okay. I was excited because I'm like, Oh my goodness, I can now lead in my church. I can be a leader in my church. I can be a leader in ministry. I don't have to, you know, not that those other things aren't important out in the world, but I felt called to lead in the church and to lead in ministry.
2: Are you leading right now in your church? Is that the, the, when I introduced you, you were in a, you're in a, um,
0: and a director in in the church, right? I'm a next steps director. Yes. So all, I, um, I lead all the community groups, uh, and the, you know, our community group leaders. And then also I lead a team of people that, um, you know, we're just, we're kind of the hospitality team. So that's on Sunday morning, but I work with community group leaders, help to develop them and train them so that they can, that's our small groups. That's our small group leaders at church. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then you know, when I wrote the book, that pastor who had asked me to write, um, LifeQuest Church, uh, Pastor Chris Pinion. I mean, I, I I really credit him with helping me make that turn because we I served with men a lot, and he just really supported me, and he's the one that kind of helped me realize, you know, this is okay for you to do. So I did serve. I was the executive pastor at LifeQuest for many years okay
2: cool oh my gosh that's exciting there's been one woman i brought on the show and she was a pastor too and um actually there's two or three friends of mine um who have been pastors and so it's really kind of cool to see you know the differences in you know how certain uh denominations or churches view women in those roles but The fact that you've done what you've done through the word of God and sharing what Jesus and how Jesus, you know, embraced that is really cool to see, too, because, you know, it's an encouragement to many who feel called, you know, to be in leadership on their church um, staff and everything.
0: So Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that. I have one more leader to share with you. This is pretty interesting if I can, okay? Okay, this is probably my, my most my most surprising one, okay? And her name was Junia, Junia. And Junia actually was, she's probably, they say, the most unknown woman in the Bible. And during the first thousand years of church history, she was, um, to, they always referred to her as a woman apostle. But then sometime during the next 200 years after that, in the translations, they added an S to her name, which made her made it be um, a man. Okay, which made it people thought it was a man instead of a woman. Because if you said Junius, that was the man name for Junia. Okay, well, and so she was one of the first Christians um, to ever be arrested for her faith. She was put into prison, but this is interesting because nowhere in history is there an example. Of a man ever having the name of Junia. So a lot of times you read about it now and they say it was a man, but it was in that in those translations. And I, I really researched that a lot. So I had never heard of Junia, and I didn't know that she was considered an apostle. And I didn't know that um, she was, you know, put in prison uh, because she stood for the faith in those early, early years.
2: Well, it's so cool you're honoring her
0: now. And you know,
2: all these other women in the Bible. And, you know, I would love to hear from you like words of encouragement to those women right now that, you know, feel called to be in leadership.
0: I mean, what what do you recommend for those women? Everybody's called to different things. And so I've I've even said this before to, to women who've asked me that question. You know, there are some places, some churches maybe where they'll, it'll, it'll never be accepted like that. But what I would say is to be humble. And I would say, you know, if you approach leadership and maybe you share some of the things in the book or some things that you find out on your own about this. And if you're like if your pastor's open, I had two pastors that were very open that I from from other parts of other times in my life and those pastors were very open to reading the book and they were very open to what the book said so that would be the first thing i would do is be humble and then i always tell this you know god did make men and women different right and so women are more emotional usually so if we're going to if we're going to serve as leaders we have to ask god to help us control our emotions we don't want to use any of the you know those tendencies that women tend to have to try to get our way or anything like that. Um, And then just pray and ask God to, to, to take you. I mean, that's what he did with me here. I was serving. I was in one church for 20 years and, you know, I was, I knew I was serving, but I wasn't leading. And then God knew my heart to lead. And what did he do? He led me to another place where I could lead in a church. And so that's what I would say is, you know, don't, I, I wouldn't, say, don't force it in your church. Don't go in there, you know, like raising your ax and all that kind of stuff, because that's not what God wants us to do. He just wants us to be humble and to seek his leading. And, you know, maybe he wants you to lead in that in a situation where you're not in a leadership role. You just have to do whatever God's called you to do. Yeah, those are such wise words, Karen. And I will tell you,
2: having been a leader myself, when I was first asked to step into leadership, it was totally unexpected. It was not something I planned. It was, it came out of the blue. Um, my gifts were being, you know, recognized, but I really never recognized them that way. And so I think God honors that and our humility, he honors our, um, Desire because it's all about him, right? And, you know, serving him, whether you're in a role, uh, you know, in your church as, you know, volunteer, or you are on staff and you're out in ministry, you know, it doesn't, I mean, we're all his children. We're all made in his image and we all can be used for his glory and his purpose. So I do think he wants us to walk in humility and, I started my ministry, um, not a traditional, not a traditional type of ministry, but it's a parachurch outreach ministry, Altered Stories ministry. And I just really felt God calling me to do it. And he just, God will confirm that. I'm sure he confirmed that with you when you were out there, you know, taking that step to transition into that in your church. So I'm assuming outside of even your pastor there were other people that came alongside you like you were saying you know as they were read, reading your book and everything too you know you you were confirmed and so I also would love to hear you know any closing words that you might have um Karen too because I know your book is out there and you've got a couple of other books too but can you just you know, share some closing words too on how people could reach out to you, get in contact with you, or read your book, or, you know, if maybe they want you to speak on this. Um, how how can people that are listening today get a hold of you?
0: Absolutely. Well, um, I have a website and it's my name, karenblankenshiplive.com. And then also the, my book is out, it's on Amazon. You can buy Kindle or it's print on demand. You can order a hard copy as well, as well as another one of the books that I had written. And um, I'm on f- Facebook. So I'd love to, you know, chat with you there. i got a couple of Facebook pages, but um, I just, I really want to inspire women to be all that God's called them to be. And, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that talks about it. it's in Romans. And it says, you know, you know, God has given, he's blessed people with a special gift. And so lead well, you know, use your gift well, use your gift for what God's called you to do. So that's, that's how we feel fulfilled is whenever we fulfill that purpose that God's called us to fill. Those are beautiful words. And I do have one other question because it just came to me.
2: Tell us a little bit before we wrap up closing this episode the warfare that you might have come up against any spiritual warfare as you were doing this um, did you find that you were you know somewhat you know being challenged or when you were when you were transitioning into you know uh, this kind of real call in your life
0: well I am um, <laughs> I'll say my parents actually um, you know they were, they just did not agree with what I was doing with my book at all, so um that was probably one of my biggest challenges was just was just help helping them to understand that I wasn't trying to you know go against anything the Bible said, so I actually gave them my book when it came out, and then of course, there you know there was some spiritual warfare there were people who cast doubts, but I feel like there were more people who um who actually especially women who were like We've been feeling that same way. How can we use our gifts in the church? And so for me, it was more encouraging women to step out and do the things that they wanted to do. Okay. Well, thank you again, Karen, for your
2: time. And I'm looking forward to continuing to connect with you and, and, you know, kind of keep abreast of all those happenings that you have going on. So thank you. It's been a pleasure and a blessing to have you on the show. And friends, until the next show, be heard and be healed.
1: Altered Stories Ministry is a faith based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories.